Good morning, good morning, good morning. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Would you let's stand with us today and put those hands together like this.
the grave, from the grave to the sky. Lord, I lift your name on high. If that's your testimony, join in with us. You came to show us the way.
you Jesus from the earth to the cross hallelujah come on give the Lord some praise this morning how many of you know it's giving time right now hallelujah we can't beat God's giving no matter how we try hallelujah there are some things in forth going forth with Zion Hill right now as we realize we are trying to build a youth facility right now and God's asking for us to join in with him <laughs> hallelujah as he blessed Zion Hill father and we thank you right now we glorify your name this morning Lord we lift you up on high we realize that we can't do nothing without you Lord and we realize we can't beat your giving this morning but Lord we're just going to open up right now we're going to give to you we're going to give like we never given before hallelujah and we thank you lord for your presence this morning in this place lord bless every giver this morning hallelujah in a mighty way lord pull down rain down blessing open up windows open up doors father god we thank you this morning and we give you all the praise honor and glory in jesus name urshus you may come forth now in the name of jesus Praise the Lord, everybody. <laughs> Praise the Lord, everybody. All right, everybody stand up to your feet. I got something I want to teach you. So we're getting ready to do a song. The name of the song is called Love Theory. It has a sign in it that I want to teach you, okay? The words say, I don't want to love nobody but you. I don't love nobody but you. I don't want to love nobody, love nobody but you. The sign goes like this. You're gonna say, I don't wanna love nobody but you. I don't wanna love nobody but you. I don't wanna love nobody, love nobody but you. Okay? So it's gonna go like this. Choir, y'all help me. I don't wanna love nobody but you. I don't wanna love nobody but you. I don't wanna love nobody. Love nobody but you. Now y'all try it with us. Here we go. I don't want to love nobody but you. I don't want to love nobody but you. I don't want to love nobody. Love nobody but you. All right? Y'all got it? All right? We'll prove it. Let me see you do it. We're going to do it up the tempo. Do it like this. One, ready, and go. I don't want to love nobody but you. I don't want to love nobody but you. I don't want to love nobody, love nobody but you. Let's do it one more time. I don't want to love nobody but you. I don't want to love nobody but you. I don't want to love nobody, love nobody but you. Y'all got it? All right, let's go with it. All we want to do is brag on the love of God. Is that all right? Is that all right? Come on, choir, y'all help me sing it. How can it be? Save the day! 
heartbeat. Lord, I don't want to do. Y'all get ready. What's your sign? Second verse, how can it be?
serving the Lord keeps. Amen. Do we have any guests in our midst this morning? Please let me see your hand if you're visiting for the first time. Well, praise the Lord. Well, let's just get up and say hello to one another. Hey, it's just good to see neighbors. Just love on somebody and say good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. What a fellowship. will come and minister.
Praise the Lord. Come on, help me appreciate our young people one more time. Thank you all so much. They did an awesome job yesterday. And I tell you, the Lord used them again today. Thanks to all of you that came to support our effort yesterday at the concert. Grateful to all of you that volunteered to make it happen. What a blessing. It's always good when brothers and sisters can come together to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. We're grateful to all of you for your continued prayers for this ministry. To whom much is given much is required. If you have your Bible with you, will you please stand with me in reference to the Word of God. The book is Joshua chapter 1 verse number 8. The book of Joshua chapter 1 verse number 8. The Bible said, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, we are grateful that you are God of success. All we need to do is to look at you. Your work is success. Your heart, your kingdom, your creation is all done with a spirit of excellence. Holy Spirit, teach us thy ways. Teach us thy principles. Use your servant today to be a blessing to somebody. Lord, I thank you that when this day will be over, we'll be better than we came before. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Our subject for discussion is titled, The Secret of true success. Every opportunity I get to address young people, I always want to point out what they need to do to succeed in life. Also, this message is not just for young people. It is good for you adults also. 
of us needs to know the secret of true success. I share with people all the time the mission of this church. There are three of them. Number one, this church is about saving souls. So we exist to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number two, we want to mature believers. It's not enough for people's soul to be saved if they don't know nothing about God. You'll be amazed how many people are saved, but they're ignorant of the plan and purpose of God and the promises of God. So this church is about maturing believers. And number three, we are here to make the world a better place. The Bible says while you pass through the valley of Becca, you should make sure that you make it a well. In other words, make it better. So that is why I'm taking the time today to talk about success. Because part of Christian maturity is that you live to be a success story in life. Let me put it in plain English. God wants you and me to succeed in life. How did I know that? You remember in the Bible, the parable of the talents. He gave talents, some five, some he gave two, some he gave one. But then he called them, he summoned them to give an account. And the ones that were successful, he commenced them. The ones that were failure, he rebuked them. Why? Because God is a God of success. One of the tragedy of the body of Christ is that many people come to church, they are saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, but in life they are a complete failure. That is not the heart of God. Notice the passage I read to your hearing. It says this is how to succeed because that's important to God. It is important to God that you succeed. It's important to God that your family succeed. It's important to God that all your children in fact, the Bible says you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You ought to be bringing forth your fruit in your season. And the Bible says something that most Christians skip. It says, whatsoever you do shall prosper. 
So God has always revealed himself as someone who loves to see his children succeed. So just let's decree and declare that right now. Just look at somebody next to you and tell him or her, I am made to succeed. Come on, say it like you mean it. I am made to succeed. Say one more time. I am made to succeed. Amen in Jesus' name. So then, what is success? I don't want to assume that we know what we're talking about. What is success? And ladies and gentlemen, success is simply the fulfillment of the purpose or assignment for which God made you. When you fulfill your purpose, when you complete your assignment on earth, you are a success story. I couldn't think of any great example I used for illustration this morning. Uh, one of my deacons called me. They always do. Every day somebody called me 6.30 a.m. That's when I get up in the morning. And they just want to make sure I'm up. So, but today, the phone didn't ring. So, I was wondering. I said, huh. So, that phone is a failure. Whenever you don't do what you are made to do, you are a failure. If you have a laptop where you do your work, and you try to turn it on and it won't turn on, that laptop is a failure. So success basically is finding out what is your purpose on earth. Why are you here? And then simply fulfill that purpose. Then you're successful. Please take note, contrary to what you Americans believe, success is not money. I believe I'll try that again. You can have all the monies in the world and still be a complete failure. Having houses and land does not make you successful. Are you still here this morning? Success is finding out the reason for your being and then fulfilling that purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, success is what you've done compared to what you were created to be. It's like you have two columns. On one side is what you are, you are made to do. On the other side is exactly what you actually do. If what you are called to do 
what you actually did does not match what you're called to do, you are a failure. Say, for example, if you're asked to, if God made you to do one, two, three, four, five things, and you did one, two, you're a failure. One of the trick of the enemy is to make us think that if you just do your best, that's good enough. There are many black gospel music out of ignorance that say, if you just give the best of your service, if you just give it your best try, no, you're not called to try out. You're called to win. You're a success story when you can look at your life like Jesus did and say, it is finished. Not a try. I gave him my best shot. Apostle Paul was alluding to the same thing when he said, I fought a good fight. Guess the next thing he said, I finished. Not I tried. I finished my course. I kept the faith. Notice how the enemy disguised that serious revelation. And we only use this kind of thing in funerals. No, that is not for the dead. It's for the living. You are called to specific purpose. And until you finish your course, until you complete that purpose, You're not ready to go. Ladies and gentlemen, success is fulfillment and completion of your purpose. Notice what I call it. The fulfillment, the completion of your purpose. I share with my church this morning Many people never get the memo that you are not a citizen of this earth. Many of you, they gave you a booklet, they say you are an American citizen. And they gave you a passport. They say, you see, you can show everybody you belong here. But that's not scripture. You and me, we are citizens of heaven. According to scripture, God sent you here for a purpose. You have an assignment. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, you are actually ambassadors here on earth. So you're here to represent God. And you are on an assignment. And the moment you finish your assignment, then you can say like Jesus Christ, it is finished. You can say like Paul, I finished my course. Then you become a success story. Are you still here? 
So what is success? It's very simple. Find out what God sent you here to this planet to do. And do it. Then you're successful. Now that you know what success is, then I need to tell you what you need to be successful. Number one, ladies and gentlemen, you need to find out your purpose. What are you sent here to do? What is your assignment? So you need to find out your purpose. Number two, you need a plan. It's now NFL season. Believe it or not, nobody walk around. No coach will show up without a game plan. You need a plan for your life. Also, ladies and gentlemen, you need prayers. You need to stay in touch with God. You see, trust in the Lord with all of thine heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. And guess what he would do? He would direct your path. You need to be in prayer with God. Let him guide you. Let him lead you. Let him direct your path. You need prayers. Ladies and gentlemen, you need something else called passion. You've got to be so driven. There's a young man there. He's from Nigeria. He didn't know this. I was talking to his coach. He wants to play professional basketball, you know. That's his passion. And I ran into the coach. And then he became emotional. I said, what's going on? Is anybody bothering you? I'll fight them. I say, I can fight. He said, you know, nobody's bothering me. He said, I came to work early this morning, like 6.30 in the morning. And he said, that gentleman from Nigeria was in the gym, soaked and wet. He said, it's not even time for us to practice. He said, it just touched my heart. He said, I wish I could get every one of my players. And I was sharing with him. He said, there's something about you Nigerians. I said, coach, let me be honest with you. It has nothing to do with being a Nigerian. I don't care if you come from Puerto Rico. I don't care if you come from China or Rwanda. The question is, are you passionate 
about what you're trying to do. Trying to share with you the secret of true success. Not only do you need to be passionate about it, you need people. Many of you, you think you can do it by yourself. You ain't got no friend. You're mean and hateful. But you're going to need people. As a leader in this community, if I'm walking, there's nobody behind me. I'm just taking a walk. I'm not leading anybody. You need people. That's why it's good to be kind. That's why it's good to be nice. Smile. <laughs> Nobody wants to hang around ugly faces. I made a career in ministry out of smiling. Many people will ask the question, is he always like that? Why is he always happy? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. You need people. Are you still here? You need something else called persistence. Let me quickly explain some of these words. I just don't want you to have to go home and have to be Google all day. When I talk about purpose, when I say you need purpose, what is purpose? Purpose is that which you are born to do. You need to discover it. I will show you how to discover it. And you need to go after it. That's your purpose. Purpose is the very assignment that God sent you here. Remember I told you, you're a citizen of heaven. God sent you here for an assignment. I said to you earlier that success is not having lots of money or houses and land or nice cars. No, that's not success. But I can also tell you, if you discover your purpose, if you discover your assignment, there's plenty of money waiting for you at the place of your assignment. Can you handle this? Ladies and gentlemen, your purpose is your destination. And your destination is your destiny. When you discover what it is that you are here for and you go after it, you will never be a failure. But on the flip side, if you are busy doing what everybody else tells you to do and you never discover your purpose, your purpose will haunt you for the rest of your life. Are you still here? Until you find your destiny, ladies and gentlemen, 
until you find your purpose, my brothers, my sisters, everything else you do is just a job. And many of you, you especially, you make a career out of working for another man. So, my brother, my sister, how do I discover my purpose? I'm glad you asked. I want to give you a tip. How do I discover my purpose? Number one, take an inventory of your life and find out what is it that you are angry about. There is something that bothers you. Do something about it. That's a clue that God sent you here to fix it. There's a burden, something that troubles your soul. I'll give you an example. <laughs> My wife and I were when we were raising little kids, uh, it's just another day in the neighborhood for me. I can go to bed and sleep like a baby. But if, if that little child just squeezes a little bit, Miss Elizabeth can find out. She's so sensitive to their cry. She's so in tune to their movement. I'm not. I don't carry that burden. Maybe I should, but I don't. What is it in your life that you are passionate about? What is it in your life that bothers you, that makes you angry? That's a clue of what God sent you here to fix. How do you discover your purpose? Number two, whatever you're passionate about, not just what you're angry about, not just the burden you carry, whatever you're passionate about is a clue of your purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, another clue is to ask yourself, what, what is something that you would do without pay? Because you just, you, you just, it, it comes natural for you. You would do it with nobody trying to pay, you would do it. a clue to what God sent you here to do. Not only do you need to discover your purpose, then I said to you, you need to plan. You need a plan. Planning, ladies and gentlemen, is winning just like breathing is living. Ladies and gentlemen, it is planning that gives value to your purpose. Mm -hmm. 
So it means if you have no plan, your purpose is dead. Purpose is dead without a plan. You'll be amazed how many of you under the sound of my voice. Some of you 20 years, some of you 40 years, 50 years, you have no plan for your life. In fact, it's so terrible in the body of Christ. You know what they're teaching you in the church? One day at a time. No strategic plan for the future. You're just making it up as we go. I said to my church this morning, any purpose is impotent without a plan. Are you listening to me? You show me a success story, I'll show you someone who has a plan. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6 gave you an example of how these things work. Guess what the Bible says? Apostle Paul said, I, I do the planting. Mr. Apollo does the watering. And God gives the increase. Did you see the game plan? They even have the vision of labor. Can you imagine for your football team, everybody get in the hurdle, no plan, you don't know who's playing defense, you don't know who's playing offense, everybody just get on the field. You sure that, Pastor, it will be a mess. And you'll be amazed how many Christians saved full of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. But their life is a big mess because they have no plan for their life. Just think about it. Can you imagine? You go to the bank. This, God gave this to me this morning. Miss Sheila was here. Sheila is a banker at Chase. And I say, imagine you go to the bank. You said, I got this idea. I got this vision. I want to start me a hamburger joint. I believe I can make a better hamburger than McDonald's, Wendy's, and Burger King combined. They don't know what they're doing. I got it. I got this vision. God gave it to me in the middle of the night. You know what the bank will say to you? Where is your business plan? And if you don't have a, a plan, it don't matter who gave it to you, whether you got the vision from God or from the devil. No bank wants to spend any time with you. You see, we're in the process of building a youth digital center, all right? And part of my job is having to knock on doors of rich people, successful people, community leaders, business leaders, 
politicians, elected officials, and I would say, okay, this is what I'm trying to do. I need your help. Oh, no problem. Pastor will be glad to know. Where's the plan? It is very important, ladies and gentlemen, that you get a plan for your life. You need a strategic plan. I work over there at Louisiana Christian University, and I happen to be a part of the administration besides just being a professor. Guess what? Every year, we have a strategic plan for the next five years, for the next 10 years, we know exactly what our game plan is. Isn't it sad that many churches are wrong without a plan? It's even worse that many members are running their life without a plan. You know what a plan does for you? Nobody can push you around when you have a plan. The noise in the stadium cannot mess you up when you as a coach has a game plan. I don't know if you ever, no, no disrespect to the New Orleans Saints, but one thing that bothers me when I go to their stadium is their noise is deafening. They'll be screaming so loud, man, if you don't get good here, your ear will burst. I mean, these people are fanatical about their team. And they'll be screaming on top of their lung. I say, sir, why are you? <laughs> because, you know, I'm not, I'm not in that team. But, man, I am amazed the level of their commitment to the team. It's just a game. Let's just enjoy the game. But everybody is screaming. But that coach is not bothered by those noise. He has a game plan. Are you still here? How about you? Do you have a plan? Brothers, the Bible says you are the head of your home. Do you have a plan for your family? Your wife is coming in to be your helpmate. How can you help somebody that has no plan? Just think about it. Here you are, you've come as a helpmate to move the car, but the car is parked. Houston, we got problems. So you need a plan for your life. Amen, somebody. Another thing that I said you need, ladies and gentlemen, is to be persistent. What, I, what do I mean by being persistent? It means you're consistent. It means that your insistence, I can just go on and on. Being persistent means that you are determined to get to where you're going. 
If I make up my mind this morning that I'm heading to Baton Rouge, the devil will try to throw stumbling block along the way. It is my job to say no devil is going to stop me from getting to Baton Rouge. Storm may rise. Winds may blow. But once you made up your mind that you are heading to Baton Rouge, no devil can stop you. To be persistent means you refuse to stop what you're trying to do. To be persistent means you're determined to make sure nobody can prevent you from reaching your goal. Sometimes students will fail a class and they will come to me. Mm. I say, so what's the problem? I don't see it. So what if you fail? Do it again. Go after it again. And many of them are shocked when I would tell them, do you think, you call me doctor now. Do you think I never failed in my life? Do you think I always pass every exam? And they are shocked when I become transparent. And sometimes I will show them the, my own transcript. And all of a sudden they are shocked. Oh my God. But if you're persistent, if you will not give up, if you will not give in, when you fall, you get back up. Are you still here? Persistence means you stand against every opposition along the way. The Bible has an example of a woman. The Bible says she appeared before a wicked judge. And she told the judge what she wanted. The judge said, no. Well, many of you go home and start crying. Boo-goo. Oh, my world. Oh, I tried so hard. Nobody liked me. Shut up. The Bible said this woman stood her ground. She kept asking. Importunity. She kept knocking. The judge said, woman, didn't I tell you the answer is no? The answer was no before. The answer is still no. Get out of my face. But she kept knocking. The Bible said at the end of the day, the wicked king, not just a, not just a judge now, a wicked one, said, ma'am, you can have everything you You see how this thing works? You'll be amazed how many times you and I have given up. Sometimes we are the corridor of miracle when we give up. Be persistent. I share with with the children this morning, 
what my own success cost me. Are you listening, Jude? See, I told him, son, I said, my success cost me. There's something we call spiritual cost. Many people want to succeed without God. And God said, without him, you can do nothing. Let me encourage you. Don't leave the church. Don't stay with the boat. Sometimes you get rocky. I wish I can tell you everybody in the church will be nice to you. I wish I can tell you the pastor is always going to be right. Somebody just called me yesterday. Tell me about pastor. Another pastor messed up. I said, welcome to a world of reality. Yes, ma'am. But stay with the boat. You didn't come for the preacher. You come for Jesus. Are you still here? Well, pastor, you just don't understand. Somebody was talking bad about me in the choir. Who are these people? Can they heal you when you're sick? I told the children, don't leave the church. I don't care if you move to California. I don't care if you move to Texas. Stay with God. There's something called spiritual cost. Accept the Lord. Build your house. Everyone that labors, labors in vain. I tell the folks in the city, this morning, uh, the, the former mayor was here with us. I told them, they said, accept the Lord, protect the city. In vain. The watchman is watching. He was sitting right there. There was another city councilman here, Mr. Johnson. I told them to come. I said, I'm on a mission to help this community better than we found it. We're not going to be just singing kumbaya and shaking our booty and shouting, and then we have a bunch of failures. God wants you to succeed. Are you still here this morning? Ladies and gentlemen, one lady came to Jesus Christ and she told Jesus, Sir, my child is sick. The Bible called her a Syrophoenician woman. Guess what Jesus said? He said, The bread is made for children. You are a, a Syrophoenician woman. You're not a Jew. You don't qualify for this. You think she will have an attitude like many of you and walk away? No, she stayed right there. She said, yes, I know I'm not a Jew. 
But even if it's just crumbs from the table, you see how you win. You see how you succeed. You got, you got to stay the course. You got to weather the storm. Then Jesus called her, you're a dog. But guess what? Sister Gray never moved. You show me a success story, I'll show you a man or a woman who never give up. Winners never quit. And quitters never win. Spiritual cost. Another thing that I share with my church this morning that cost me my own success cost me intellectual cost. You go to in first time knowledge in reading, expanding your mental capacity. If you don't exercise your mind, you're going to be doing manual work in the sun outside. My first job when I came to this country, I was a dishwasher. And I got fired. You know why I was fired? They said I was thinking. And they were telling the truth. Because I was homeless. I was working this steam machine at the back of the, of the restaurant. And they bring all the dirty dishes. And then I steam them. It's a very hard machine, but you, you, you steam the, the plates, the dishes, clean. You, then you run them through the machine. It's hot. I was sweating, and for days, for weeks, no shower. My boss called me in. He said, Conte, you're the best employee I've ever had in my life. You work hard. I appreciate you so much. But I got to let you go. Now I'm confused. How can I be the best employee you ever had? And yet, I get fired. And then he explained to me how in America, how things work. The, the health department, if you're going to work in, the, in a restaurant situation, your hygiene got to be good in and he was right. But one thing I said to myself, I said one day, I will own this restaurant. How do you move from working as a dishwasher to being the owner of the restaurant today? Listen, church. Don't leave school. The Bible said, get understanding. People perish for lack of knowledge. Expand your mental capacity. There's a difference between those who work in hot sun, 107 degree hot, and those who stay under the air condition. Just looking at papers, dressed up every day, speaking big English, 
If you don't use your mind, you will use your muscle. Are you listening to me? Try to help somebody. Intellectual cost. How many books have you read this month? But you rather watch some stupid shows on TV that profit nothing that doesn't add value to you or your children. Another cost that I share with my people this morning is physical cost. It's going to cost you physically. Purpose in your heart to be a man or a woman of hard work. There is no shortcut. I was talking to one preacher. He said, Pastor, you don't understand. It's easy for me to go on the street and sell drugs and make more money than to get a job. And then he got in trouble. They arrested him. This week, you know. Now I had to come. Pastor, can you help me? There is no substitute for hard work. Don't let nobody lie to you. The Bible puts it this way in Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29. He said, any man, any woman that is diligent, Guess what he said concerning you? If you're diligent in your business, you will stand before kings. Are you listening to me? Diligence is hard work. I say this with utmost humility. There is no door in this community that I cannot walk into. And it didn't happen by joining any clique. I don't have to kiss up to nobody. I just need to learn to be diligent. Hard work. That's what diligence is. Get up every day. And make something happen. You don't need no overseers. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6, Go to the ants, thou sluggard. Consider its ways, and you will be wise. The ants are little creatures. And God is saying, go to them and learn. You know what the, the, the story is about the ants? Even though they're little creatures, they work hard. They don't need no overseer. They don't need no supervisor. They know what to do and they do their work. You ought to be the best on your job. You ought to stand out among your peers, in your profession, in your career.
Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Your position tomorrow is not a function of your connection. See, in America, they will say it's who you know. They don't know. Your position tomorrow is not dependent on who you know. Look at the people of Israel, you know. They were in Israel, you know. And then their son, Joseph, was in Africa, Egypt. And Joseph found favor with Pharaoh. Before you realize, all of the Israelites moved from Israel to Egypt. And they were treated like kings and queens. They cooked for them. They washed their clothes. They give them free food, free land. They were doing really well. But guess what? That Pharaoh died. That was their connection. And guess what? There was a new Pharaoh. Guess what that Pharaoh did? He made all of them slaves. You cannot depend on connection. Learn to depend on God. Are you still here? Connections can fail. Even with politicians, they are king for a day. But if you hook up with God, God would never fail you. If you hook up with diligence, you're in control. Your future is not dependent on anybody. Work hard. What is diligence? Hard work. And hard work means working hard. You are ordained to shine. But without hard work, you cannot shine. Nothing works without somebody working it. You got to work. Genesis chapter 2, let me, let me try to end this up. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 through 3, the Bible says, God finished his work. John chapter 9, verse 4, Jesus said, I must work. While it is day, for the night comes when nobody will be able to work. You know what I'm trying to tell you? God the Father works. God the Son works. Why not you? The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is that we have too many idle people in the body of Christ. Sometimes I would drive in our neighborhood, in the city, in daytime you see people still carrying brown bags. Some just sitting there in, the, in front of their porch. Hi, Rev. No, don't hire me. I'm going to work. Are you still here? You know my message to you, 
Just praying about it is not enough. The proof of your faith is in your work. James chapter 2 verse 26 says, Faith without work is dead. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10 says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Wherever you're located, in the school system, in the U.S. military, in the pulpit, it don't matter where you work. Do it with all your might. Stand out among your peers. Are you still here this morning? You will never get out of life no more than what you put in. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, we have people who are trying to harvest without any seed in the ground. Let me say this in conclusion. I see my man standing up. The Bible said it, and the Bible is not playing. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. If you sow sparingly, guess what you're going to get out of life? Sparing. But if you learn to sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. My message to all of you this morning, Christianity is a religion of responsibility. It's not enough just to shout about it. All the least I gave to you are steps that you have to take to get on the stage of life. See, I was telling you, you need something called purpose. And all you need to do, don't try to jump. You're going to fall. Take each step one by one. The preacher said you need purpose. Take that step. Find your purpose. The preacher said you need a plan. Take that step. Get you a plan. The preacher said you need a lot of prayer. Be a praying man, a praying woman. Stay in the house of God. The preacher said you need diligence. Take that step. Before you realize it, you made it to the stage of life. And once you make it on top, you see, I was talking to somebody the other day. Uh, he said, Pastor, did you see the news? I said, can I be brutally honest with you? I don't watch the news. They watch me. I make news. You can get on the stage of life. Take those steps. Include God in your program. Work hard. Find out your purpose. Develop a passion for it. And go after it. And don't let no devil stop you. Everybody stand to your feet. Hallelujah.
I want us to pray. Amen. We are all my pastors. I want one of you pastors to come and pray for us. Pastor Washington, come on. Amen. Hallelujah. Find somebody. Make you a partner. Hold somebody's hand. I want us to pray. I'm believing God for great success in this house. I'm believing God to raise great success stories. Not just in the young people, even middle-aged adults. You are born to win. He said, dominate until I come. He said, you are the light of this world. Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. He said, a city that is set where? On the hill. That's why I'll be telling you, I'll see you at the top. That's where you belong. You are not set in the valley. You are set on the hill. A city that is set on a hill. That's right. Cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine among men. That they will see something about you. They will say, man, sister girl. A sister is just blossoming. There's something about her. Older brother. We went to the same high school. But something happened. Pastor, you might pray for us. You look good, buddy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Father God, we come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. The name that you say in your word, Lord, is above every name. You say that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess him, Lord. So this morning, Lord, we come to you confessing you as our Lord and our Savior. We lift up every family represented here this morning, Father. The head of every family, every man, Lord, let him show him in his spirit how to be a man. How to take care of his family, how to teach his family, Lord. We lift every wife who supports the husband and the family, Lord. Bless them for the things that they do. And we lift up every each and every other individual, Father, for their role they play in the church, Lord. We ask that you continue to bless them, to keep them, and we ask for divine protection, Lord. We know that the only way we can make it in this world is with your grace and your mercy and your protection, and we thank you for that, Father. We give you all the honor. We give you the praise, and above all things, Lord, we depend on you for our very existence. In the name of Jesus, we give you. Amen. Amen. This concludes our worship experience today. If you're looking for a church home, and while everybody is living quietly, we invite you to please come forward. We want to welcome you. This is a place where you can learn the word of God. This is a place where you can use your gift and talents for the glory of God. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, I pray that he will lead you. I pray that he will guide you. I pray that he will abide in you and rest upon you. 
I pray that he will prepare for you green pastures and he will make your enemies leave you alone. This is my prayer for you. It is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. New members, come forward.